Hey everyone, this is Mark Lichinski, host of the Film Sessions Podcast. On the Film Sessions Podcast, we cover everything and anything related to filmmaking, education, exploration, and more. Today's episode is an inspirational interview with Christian Lee, an award-winning student filmmaker who just graduated from high school. So, let's get into it. Hey Christian, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, my name is Christian Lee. I'm an award-winning filmmaker and photographer from Southern California. I'm in the Orange County area. I've been making documentary films and photographs for the past few years. And I actually started out as a filmmaker working in narrative filmmaking. And I moved to documentary photography and photojournalism later in my career. So usually it was, it's usually a different shift because usually people move from photography to film, but I kind of did the reverse. And now I love working in both mediums. I just kind of switch back and forth. Yeah, yeah, awesome to hear that. I know I, I, you know, was interested in photography and went into film a little bit, but um, I know a lot of other people also love getting into film and photography and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both really similar uh, and creative arts that Mm -hmm. really allow you to express yourself really powerfully through those mediums. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what inspired you to get started in filmmaking. Oh, I think like every other filmmaker, I fell in love with cinema before I knew anything about the process. I remember very distinctively, I was in elementary school and I saw The 400 Blows, which is a French New Wave film. I started getting into French New Wave cinema. This was before the Criterion Collection was as popular as it was now. So it was like super obscure back then. But I remember remember getting this Blu-ray for the film and I watched it and I was mind blown because I was fairly young. I think I was in fourth or fifth grade. And you know, when you're at that age, all you ever see is like children's films or things that are family friendly. So to really sit down and to watch this black and white drama about a kid who was, you know, around my age, trying to explore his identity. It was a, it was a great moment of self-realization for me because I knew cinema was a form of entertainment, but I didn't realize it could be used as such an artistic form of narrative storytelling and I think as soon as I saw the 400 blows I was kind of like oh my god like I can do this with film and then I was really set on making a 400 blows type of film in black and white and then I waited like about four years until I got to junior high and that's when I actually made my first short film again I made like stop motion films in between I think most filmmakers have that really embarrassing period where they make the little claymation stuff but You know, I really don't consider that. Part of my process is kind of like it led up to that, but really engaging in French New Wave cinema was my first exposure to film. And it's kind of what inspired me to become a filmmaker and a storyteller. Yeah, it's an amazing story. I gotta say a lot of filmmakers also love getting into watching movies and and Mm -hmm. looking at different things and especially in the cinema. And then they just realize they can do the same thing themselves and express their story. So um, it's a really amazing story you have, Christian. Um, so tell us about your experience making your first movie. I was in eighth grade. I went to a small private Lutheran junior high <laughs> in Orange County. And it was not, it didn't have an established film program or an established art program. We barely had a sports team. Our class was extremely small. So I remember, I think like most filmmakers, I was struggling to grapple with the fact that I didn't have a lot of resources. I didn't have access materials uh and honestly i wish an organization like the lighthouse initiative had existed during that time 
because it would have really helped me find my footing. But no, I mean, I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't know what to do or where to start. And I think it was kind of overwhelming. So what I did was I, I bought a GoPro, which is an action camera. I wasn't really smart at the time. So I didn't know it was like not used for narrative filmmaking. I bought yeah. a GoPro. I couldn't afford a mic. So I, I, I got a couple of my friends together um, and I, we made this film over the course of a month. It was called A Bittersweet Feeling. It was a black and white drama about uh, a young photographer who meets a girl who takes a vow of silence. It was a really, I guess, obscure film. I didn't, I, you know, it was just unconventional for an eighth grade type of film. And I remember being extremely worried because the audio was awful. It was absolutely awful. And I, I joke about this all the time. Uh, it, the aesthetic of the film, the visual aesthetic of the film, it's available on Vimeo and YouTube. So if you want to go, if you want to go see a bad film to inspire you to make a good film, then this would probably be it. But you know, it's it's the audio. There's so much wind noise when we're filming, uh, and again, being the first-time filmmaker in eighth grade without any resources, I had no idea how to like get rid of that or how to work around that technically. So I just kind of shot this film on a GoPro with absolutely like no mic and a poorly formatted script. I was writing the dialogue in the character sections. Really funny. But, you know, I mean, I just, you know, scrambling to like figure out what I was doing. And I remember getting rejected from quite a few festivals, but there was actually, it was funny enough, there was a festival in New Jersey that accepted my film. Old, it was in Old Bridge. It was called the Kids Hub Original Film Festival. And this was wow. the first film festival I had ever gotten into. And I had no experience with festivals. All I knew was that I had a story to tell. And even though I didn't have the resources, even though it wasn't technically accomplished and there were a lot of problems with it, I was really confident about my voice and I knew that getting my work out there was just as important as making it. So I entered into that festival and they had a social media account and they were boasting about getting like 700 entries. I was like, oh my God, there's no way I'm gonna get. And then I, I get a call and I, and I got in. So it was really it was really great. And I, I joined a Q&A, it was a lot of fun. I, I was obviously over over Zoom and FaceTime, but no, it was, it was a really wonderful experience. It gave me a lot of confidence to keep moving forward and to keep making films. Yeah, it's an incredible story. Once again, I have to say, um, and especially that the first film festival was in New Jersey. Uh, yeah, let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, incredible, like always. Um, it, it is really why we have the Lighthouse Initiative to to help students who are in that position that you were that like, when you were in eighth grade. Uh, mm -hmm. It's unfortunate that you didn't have any resources to, to help um, you like exceed and, and excel in your filmmaking journey uh, mm -hmm. at that time, but. That's what we're doing and, and that's why we have you on and we want to inspire other filmmakers to also like be just like you and, and explore their passion with creative expression and, and uh, making their very own first movie. Yeah. 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 So what did you make your first movie with? You said your GoPro and then anything else? A GoPro and I think that was it actually. Oh, it was a tripod. It was a tripod. So yeah, I used a GoPro Hero 4 Silver and a tripod. And again, we couldn't afford a mic and I didn't know how mics even worked at that time. Uh, and I made it with uh, two friends who had never acted before. Um, shot over the period of a month and, and I edited using iMovie <laughs> um, yeah. and on, my, on, my, on my tablet. And I used another app called Video Shop. And actually those two apps came in handy because I edited four other films after that. Uh, and that's yeah. another thing, you really don't need advanced expensive equipment. You know, I got a free trial of, of Adobe Premiere Pro during that time. I had no idea how to use it. And then the trial expired and it was too expensive. 
So, but I, I did, I did use the free editing software and I'm going to be honest, I usually don't reveal this to anybody, but this podcast is a great place to say it. I, I, I will sometimes still use that amateurish software and I will sometimes mm -hmm. shoot on an iPhone because the truth is you really don't need expensive equipment to make a great film. All you need is a story and a passion and a vision and the rest will follow. So with that first film, yeah, it was, it was done very amateurishly and even a couple films after that were done very amateurishly, but that's, you know, as long as you have a goal and as long as you have a vision, you really don't need much else. Completely agree, 100%. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's once again why I founded the program, but I really want to share with everyone that like, just like you're saying, you really don't need much to make your very first movie. Mm -hmm. um, you can shoot on a phone, you can use iMovie free software. And just like you said, all it takes is a vision, uh, a creative a, a vision for, for what you're going to do. And that's really all you need. Anyone can do it. And that's, that's really yeah. what we want to emphasize. Yeah. And I have to say as well, I still do use iMovie occasionally. <laughs> um, <laughs> just just for quick things here and there yeah it's just like when i make something like really good and really uh like an actual video you know actual but mm -hmm. um when i make an actual video i use premiere pro and i, I go into that but on quick one-off occasions I, I also i use imovie i agree yeah <laughs> awesome yeah so tell us what your first movie was about so my first film was a black and white drama about a uh, young photographer sort of modeled after myself who's sort of quiet uh, and he meets this girl who's taken a vow of silence and it's about this strange connection because at first they don't like each other but then it's about two people who are sort of on the fringes of the social scene who aren't who don't have a lot of connections with other students and who really meet each other and 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 find this solace and find this peace just in in being still with each other and it's about one of those rare unspoken connections you only get, you know, once in a lifetime where you find that person. And it's completely platonic, but, you know, it really is about, it's, it is about, you know, connecting and it is about finding someone who, who understands you without even saying much. And I feel like that's what the film was about. It was, it was sort of modeled after the Before Trilogy, which is a great series of films by Richard Lankletter. Although again, it's not a, a romance necessarily, but there is this sort of love between them that is it, that is platonic, and and that's what I was trying to communicate through the visuals and and through the music and the film. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, it's an excellent plot for a first movie. I have to say, a lot of people have things a little bit more basic, or you know, um, <laughs> but like you said, um, the very first few actual movies that you make are, are not really like official movies. They're kind of just you experimenting and mm -hmm. with simple things. Um, mm -hmm. But it's an amazing plot for a first movie. <laughs> yeah, and, and what about that very first film that you made made you fall in love with filming? I think, I will say this, the first film is always the most exciting film because you never get close to that experience of not knowing what you're doing. Because I had absolutely zero idea what I was doing with my first film. And so much of it was this scramming session where I was trying to figure out how to edit, where I was trying to figure out how to shoot, how to direct actors. And, and really, I just fell in love with the process. And filmmaking, I'm sure, Mark, you are, you could agree on this. It's, it's a long process. It's an arduous yeah. process. Yeah. It takes mm -hmm. a lot out of you. Sometimes you spend months investing in a film and maybe the film doesn't work out. I mean, I'll be honest, I was just stuck in pre-production on another film. I was in pre-production for a few months and it just it just didn't end up panning out and there was like four months of my life that just kind of <laughs> went right so it's 
you know, it's a long process, but I really fell in love with it in the first film because it was like, I'm out here. I felt like I was kind of a rogue. Like I was kind of this, this, um, this not, not villain, that's not the right word, but like I was kind of an outlaw. Like I was, I was making this film and I was telling the story and I was doing it on my own terms. And it was just very exciting. It was very invigorating. It felt like finally I had a voice, you know, finally, like I, like I had, I, like someone had valued my perspective and that I had a mode of, of, of artistic expression where I could tell my story. And to me, that was the most rewarding thing on the face of this planet, because let's be honest, I mean, filmmaking is, is an act of self-expression and selfishly, I will say, it really does help to heal the soul and it really does help to, it's therapeutic, it's cathartic for me. So I just, I just felt good while making films and I, I, I still continue to feel good despite the process being very long and arduous. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It takes quite a long time to, to make a lot of movies. Um, you know, in Hollywood, they spend like years doing that, you know. Mm. Um, student filmmakers, usually for us, it's like a few, um, few months, maybe up to a year. Um, mm. But that, that's kind of our, our timeline. And we're not even doing anything like multiple years um, <laughs> since, you know, in a couple of years, we're like a whole different person. It's, yeah. You know, not anything. So, so. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's an amazing story with um, your very first movie. And how was the initial experience submitting that film to film festivals? Ooh, that was, it was exciting and it was very nerve wracking. So I, again, I was in eighth grade. I didn't really know, I didn't really know how to use the internet at the time, to be completely honest with you. But I found Film Freeway on my iPad and I, mm -hmm. I remember creating an account and getting locked out of it twice because I forgot my password, <laughs> but I created an account. <laughs> And I went back on and I remember just typing youth. I was trying to look for youth film festivals I could submit to. And I, mm -hmm. I swear to you, Mark, I submitted to everything that was free. <laughs> I submitted to every free film festival. Uh, you know, I just like that was in existence, whether it was online, whether it was local, whether it was in like Russia, you know, I mean, like it was just <laughs> everywhere I tried to hit the map. Uh, because, you know, when you're a young filmmaker and, and, and you hear the word free, because I had no money again, I was just trying to submit to any place that had no entry fee. It was just about getting the work out there. And honestly, the festival circuit, I think from when I submitted and now it's changed a lot. I will say it's become a lot more competitive because there's just more people, more teenagers trying to make films and more teenagers who know how to make films. When I was in eighth grade, there were a fair amount of kids my age who were working and who were creating actively, but the number was still lower, but now it's just gone up exponentially. So yeah, I would say in terms of submitting to festivals, don't be self-conscious about it. Just, just, you know, pump your work up, you know, believe in it and then just start submitting. I would try to hit the free festivals. There's a great function on Film Freeway where you could like slide the bar and just submit to free festivals. Festival fees add up. And especially if you're a first time filmmaker, it can be quite overwhelming. So I would recommend looking for free festivals on Film Freeway and just trying to submit your work, trying to get it out there. Even if it's in a different country, you could still join a Zoom Q&A. You know, really whatever gets your film in front of an audience is, is really what matters the most. Yeah, it's excellent advice. And I have to say, I, I also relate, um, just sliding the bar all the way to the left for free for my first movie and just spamming every, you know, clicking everything, submitting to everything. Um, yeah. yeah. Definitely a relatable experience for, for me and probably a lot of other student filmmakers. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, because the fees, like you said, they really do add up. Yeah, you know, mm. like $5 doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're submitting to like 20 festivals and like 30 festivals, like just try to get like a selection or an award, 
Um, that that really does add up over a long time. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So, um, tell us a little bit about your other films that you've made. I will talk. About, I guess I'll talk about my most recent film, Infinite Youth. I got in this phase where, because I, I mean, I'm always trying to make films for young people and about young people. I feel like our generation in particular, Mark, gets a very bad rap. It's just, I feel like every generation of young people does, but Generation Z in particular always gets a bad reputation of being super addicted to their phones and just enveloped in this digital world without a connection to a real life scenario. But I, I, I think differently of our generation. I feel like there's a lot of leadership in, in, in this generation. You are a great example of that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of hope for this generation. There's a lot of- Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. I mean, it's true. I mean, I feel like, and, and, and really as a filmmaker, what I'm interested in is, is making films where young people are not portrayed as shallow, but our teenagers are portrayed as being emotionally complex. And I feel like at this age, we internalize a lot. So really just showing that vulnerable side of what it means to be a young person trying to find themselves, trying to grow up in this country and just trying to discover who they are. And that's what Infinite Youth is about. It's about a group of kids who miss the bus after school and they spend the day roaming around campus, you know, doing goofy stuff, buying water bottles, shooting them, you know, at a basketball hoop or cracking mm -hmm. jokes or talking about Kanye, things like that, you mm -hmm. know, just normal teenager stuff. Uh, you know, a majority of the dialogue was improvised by actors who had experience with improv before. But what begins as sort of a simple hangout gradually transitions into a deeper conversation about identity and past experiences. So there's a scene at the end of Infinite Youth where uh, the kids go to the baseball field to rest before they hitch a ride home. And it's the sun is setting, it's kind of like hazy, and they're just talking about, you know, vulnerable past experiences. And, and really the whole film is supposed to be, be about growing up and supposed to be about adolescence and, and what it means really to be a teenager and that other side where there's a lot of vulnerability. So Infinite Youth is a film I did recently uh, we were very lucky to win a bronze award at the 43rd annual Telly Awards. We just premiered at the TCL in Hollywood, and we are yeah, congrats. Yeah, 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 huge so congratulations, Christian. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was a wild experience. I'm not gonna lie. Most of, I mean, most of the people in the film had a little acting experience, but not to that extent. So to really go there and to see the film at at, at that theater in particular because I'd gone there to see movies as a kid. So it was kind of a full circle moment. But now it's going to be on Amazon Prime Video in a month, wow. maybe. I'm still getting some So it'll be up there soon. Um, and that's one of the most recent projects I've been working on. I will briefly mention, I don't want this podcast too long, but I will briefly <laughs> mention, um, I am also a photographer. So I did a photo project. I did two photo projects that were recognized by the New York Times and the Sony World Photography Awards. One of them is about Los Angeles. So what I do is street photography. So I'll go to more urbanized areas of the city and I'll photograph and I'll talk to people. Uh, and that photo project in particular focused on Latino American horse riders in East Compton, which is an area that was sort of stained by its reputation for gang violence in the 90s. But again, the purpose of that photograph was just to necessarily subvert that, that preconceived notion we have about the community. The photo series I did for the New York Times was about an African-American teenager grappling with police violence and this very flawed image of masculinity that our society has. 
So I've been working on those projects again, back to back simultaneously. And now I'm in a hiatus period. Cause like I said, I was supposed to work on another film, but didn't happen. So now I'm kind of in that period where I'm trying to figure out a project or just, you know, watching cinema and then doing stuff like this and just maybe just taking a little break for now. But yeah, I'm probably going to start up back again in like a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And it was good to take a break sometimes, but it's, it's really exciting to get back into it. Um, mm-hmm. Not after too long, you know, uh, yes. to back into <laughs> filmmaking and, you know, behind the camera and editing. Um, it, it really is a fun experience to do uh, with many different films and um, to do it over and over. It sounds repetitive, but it, it is really fun and different each time. Like each movie is really different. Um, so there's different editing that goes on, uh, different shots for the camera and all that. So um, it really is an amazing experience. And, and going back a little bit, you mentioned that you are going to have your movie now on Amazon Prime Video. And that's an amazing accomplishment, I have to say. Um, would you be able to tell us how you're able to do that? Or because uh, it, it's a truly an incredible thing. Like any aspiring filmmaker would love to have their movie, you know, on Amazon Prime Video or, or even Netflix, and like a huge streaming platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Uh, there's this great thing called Amazon Prime Video Direct, where you can actually mm-hmm. upload your film, and you can you have to I believe you have to upload a file of your film, trailer, stills, um, a, like a description, a bio, and then you have to order subtitles or closed captioning for the film. Uh, and then you have to wait till it gets approved. Uh, but really, it's such a great, it's kind of like a hidden gem. Not a lot of filmmakers know about this, but it's actually really accessible. So what Prime Video will do is they'll have like a VOD, like a video on demand platform, where if you upload your film and they'll approve it after a couple of weeks, uh, people can rent it on their on their streaming platform. And it gives you so much great exposure. And that's another thing I just want to touch briefly is the fact that these opportunities are very much available. You just kind of have to dig for them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, getting the film on Prime Video, kind of a hassle, sort of. Um, at the same time, it, it's definitely worth it. And even with iTunes and, and I think Google Play, you can get your film on there. You just have to up, it's, it's, it's really an accessible process. You just have to upload it and you have to get it approved. But yeah, I would mm-hmm. recommend any filmmaker, especially if you're in the more experienced stage and you like want your film to be public, try to get it on streaming platforms, try to get it distributed, you know, contact companies that do short film distribution and just see if you can get your film out there. So that again, I am the type of filmmaker who who works in a very bare bones way. Again, I still don't have a lot of resources. I even my high school didn't really have an official film program. So you just got to do the opportunities online. You got to contact people, you got to email people, you got to really be hungry for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would recommend trying Prime Video Direct. It's a great opportunity to get your work out there. And just any platform that will really let you submit. It's really an awesome opportunity. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Uh, I didn't know about that. I'll definitely check that out now. Uh, yes. And of course, I, mean, I don't want to like, like give your secrets away, but um, it's, it's amazing. If you're a filmmaker out there who is interested in having your movie, which is all of it like... Um, more professional like you've made ones before now you're making a film uh and you've produced that and you'd love to get it in distribution um that's an amazing resource yeah thank you so much for showing that i'm sure it'll help a lot of people out yeah yeah and like you said i agree uh in the filmmaking space especially for students there are a lot of opportunities it's just you have to dig for them and you have to really find them and it is sometimes difficult but people like you and and others who, who are um sharing other people these resources are, are, are really true here i was like i gotta say because um 
it, it's an amazing opportunity to be able to have your film on Prime Video. I mean, that's just like incredible. Um, mm -hmm. I'll definitely look forward to, to seeing your film there. Um, I, I, I send me the link. I, I love to watch it. I'll rent it also. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Yeah. And and wrapping up here, um, what resources would you recommend for students who want to make their first movie? Ooh, resources. Okay, this is going to be sort of a different answer. I mean, I could list off iMovie, I could talk about different mm -hmm. types of cameras, mm -hmm. but I'm going to say the best resource you have is your friends. And I know that's an mm -hmm. unconventional answer, but really the people around you who, who support you and who care about you and who you connect with, they will be your best resource. All my friends who I've worked with over the course of like four years, none of them have really been interested in film before. None of them have had prior experience. All the performers I work with are non-actors. So I feel like just going to your friends, you know, the people you eat lunch with at school, right? <laughs> hey, I film, can you make it with me? Because let's be honest, most, most high school filmmakers, most teenage artists, don't have access to a lot of resources, camera, both technical and, and like logistical in the sense that, you know, I, I never had enough people, you know, to run crew. So I had to, I was the only crew member on all my work, but really just connect with your friends. I mean, they will be your greatest resources, especially if you're in high school, as you go throughout your high school career, you will find out that they're the ones who will stick around, who you can work with, who you can trust creatively and who really are there to help support your vision um, and just to just to be a part of that process in general. So I would say your friends, even your family, if you have a larger family. I, I'm an only child, so you know I didn't really have siblings I could bother. But no, yeah. yeah, siblings, friends, just the people around you, they will be your greatest, greatest resource and your greatest support system. So go to them if you need help with the film. Again, they don't even have to know anything about the process. You can introduce them to that. You can be the one to say, hey, this is how you use a camera. This is how you run sound. This is how you edit. Maybe you can act for me. That was another thing I always made people just like, you can act for me because I, I learned everything on crew. So yeah, I mean, just, just the people around you, they're the greatest resource for sure. Yeah, definitely. I have to agree. It's an amazing resource to have people around you who are also, you know, like-minded and uh, who mm -hmm. love to help you out with your movie, who could even act like you said uh, yeah. in the film or... Yeah, or give you advice with like how your edits are, um, mm -hmm. change different things, you know, tinker and, and that. It's definitely an amazing resource uh, to have your friends and even like you said, your family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And lastly, sure. yeah, yeah. Lastly, to wrap up, what's one piece of advice that you have for aspiring student filmmakers out there? Ooh, that's a good question. Go for it. Just go for it. Don't be self-conscious. Don't be afraid. Don't feel like you're worried about the technical aspect of filmmaking. If you have a story to tell, and if you have a vision, go for it. Use whatever resources you can, whether it's your sister and an old camera your dad has, just go for it and make the film. Because the more time you put it off saying, oh, I, I wish I could make that film where I want to, you know, that's all hypothetical. You you want to be the type of artist who says, I made that film instead of I wanted to or I should have. Just go for it. I think the big thing that stops a lot of young filmmakers is that they become so self-conscious, especially on their first film, like, oh, it's not going to turn out well. Or it's going to get rejected from festivals. You know, rejection is such a part of the process. I mean, I still get, even with what I've accomplished, I still get plenty of rejection letters in the mail. And I think a lot of people do. I mean, it's just a part of the process. So 
really don't be self-conscious about it. Follow your heart, go with your gut and just make that film. Just go for it hundred percent. Yeah. Amazing advice. It truly is. I would agree a hundred percent. Now just, just go for it with whatever you have. Like, like mm -hmm. you said, you don't want to be like putting it off like for a very long time and thinking, oh, mm -hmm. like I'll do it later. I'll do it later. Mm -hmm. You know, just, just go for it and do it and explore with what you have with the resources. Um, and, and who knows if it goes really well, then you'd be able to make more movies and improve on your craft and um, make even better films, like to the point where, where you have. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been a pleasure, Mark. Uh, I think this podcast is great. I think the light house initiative is great i'm really happy to be on the board there it's an awesome organization um and i love i love what you're doing for young filmmakers because again to have this when you're starting out is just so so helpful <laughs> yeah thank you so much christian uh, and you're extremely accomplished i have to say as well i mean you have many awards um and also in in um, new york times and and all that it really truly is an honor as well to have you on the podcast uh to share your story with other filmmakers uh, it, it, it really is. And, and thank you for, for all the kind comments as well. Um, I hope your story here on the podcast will inspire other young students to also, you know, to dive into filmmaking and, and to really you know, have their voices heard through that unique mm -hmm. and creative craft. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much, Christian, for being on our podcast today. Christian truly is an amazing filmmaker who has a really unique love for the types of movies that he makes. We're all excited to see the next project that Christian will be working on, and we wish him the best of luck in his college endeavors. And if you're interested in learning about the diverse art of filmmaking from anywhere in the world, feel free to check out the Lighthouse Initiative. The Lighthouse Initiative is a nonprofit organization that hosts a free filmmaking class series taught online. You can register right now for our free summer film camp. Thank you for tuning in today, and I'll see you next time.